Welcome to the Sunday Night Showdown. With your host, Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexton. Just when you thought it was safe to turn on the old grappling show, look who's back in town! Often attempted to be imitated, but always the original boom, Miss Boom Boom Sexy. Are you ready? No, I said, are you ready? The Sunday Night Showdown begins now. I mean, oh God. it doesn't sound, it's not a name that's marketable. I'm Sim Snooker. Kazoo type, bless you. I mean, it just yeah. doesn't come across very well. I think they, they could have got a better name for this kid. Well, I, I don't honestly, know what his real first name is, actually. But. Well, if it's Sim Snooker, I'm, I feel bad for him. I really do. Um, <laughs> it was funny where he faced his dad here on Monday night. That was actually pretty entertaining. Yeah, that was that. we'll get to that later. <laughs> but, um... Super, super, super fly. And welcome, everybody, to a podcast edition of a Sunday Night Showdown, where tonight we are going to take 2008 and give it our best year in review. And, of course, joining me is my co-host, my producer. He's my PDID. That's right, Internet Dave. PDID. Yeah, what, what the hell? Oh, okay. PDID, you're, you know, you're the producer, Internet Dave. Oh, Okay. Uh, no, Jay Leto is not here tonight. So, no, Jay Leto is absolutely not here tonight. <laughs> of course, I am joined by Internet Dave, and of course, you know me, Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexay. And again, welcome to Sunday Night Showdown, the year 2008 in review. Absolutely. We're ready to go off another 12-month period, and I have to admit, Jeff, it was, uh, in, a, in a strange way, it was a short year. I can remember everything I was doing uh around new year's day new year's eve last year but it's uh but it's been a long year too because when you look at the the, the history of everything that's been going on in the last 12 months it's like wow that happened within 2008 it seemed like so much longer so much like a long longer time ago so yeah it's it, it's been an interesting year 2008 not only in the uh wrestling world but in the the world in general and uh, and it's uh, let's just say i'm i'm glad to 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 change the chapter into 2009 from several perspectives. I don't know about you about that, but uh, it, it's good to, to have a clean slate now, I think. No, I'd have to agree. When you think of the year 2008, you think professional wrestling. Um, you know, two things come to mind. We started off 2008, John Cena was injured, wasn't supposed to make a comeback till maybe Mania, maybe after Mania. Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, right out the bat... January, the Royal Rumble, number 30, out comes John Cena. And you know what? I'll give the WWE kudos because nobody knew anything about this except for maybe Vince, obviously, you know, Stephanie and, and Triple H. But John Cena was backstage in a car 
until right before he actually came out. So the boys in back didn't even know till right then that he was back and he was number 30. I got to say, that kind of put a damper on my year, seeing John Cena return at the Rumble. But uh, as far as being kayfabed and kept a secret, I got to give the WWE kudos on that because it was brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Royal Rumble 2008 from Madison Square Garden in New York City. I remember sitting uh, with a friend of mine and uh, watching it and just being shocked that Cena showed up number 30. Uh, I couldn't believe it. Um <laughs> <clears throat> one that he showed up, two that he was thirty, and three that he won the match, because I, I didn't think he had rehabbed his uh, his pec long enough. Obviously, his later injury probably gave his pec injury time to to completely heal, so that both body parts were ready to go afterwards. But um, just absolute utter shock, and uh, couldn't I just couldn't believe it? Absolutely, uh, Edge beating Rey Mysterio. Randy Orton over Jeff Hardy and John Cena won the Royal Rumble by eliminating Triple H. Now, and I'm getting ahead of myself here, but we, we saw the return of John Cena. Many people will say that uh, John Cena's return was the greatest comeback of 2008. I, I would probably agree with that hesitantly, even though it is John Cena and everybody knows that I'm not exactly his biggest fan, but I'll give credit where it's due. Um, it was a big return for him and for World Wrestling Entertainment. Yeah. Uh, but another story that's interesting, you look at the beginning of the year, you look at Jeff Hardy. Yeah. And all year long, Jeff Hardy chased the WWE title. Mm-hmm. And it just seems fitting that at Armageddon of 2008, Jeff Hardy ends the year as the new WWE champion. So a very good year for Jeff Hardy, despite all his hardships over the year. I mean, he did like have his house burnt down and... He was suspended for a while for drug use and had a lot of problems. So the fact that he overcame all those problems and at the end of 2008 became the WWE champion, it's an inspirational story. Yeah, and I can remember that match between Orton and Hardy, just the crowd being behind Jeff Hardy the entire match, but Orton finally pulling it out in the end. Well, I have to say, I think the WWE made the right decision at Armageddon to put that title on Jeff Hardy. We all know it's probably going to be going to be gone by the Royal Rumble. He's not going to be champion going into WrestleMania. But let's face it, with the move, which is the next big story, yeah. the move of SmackDown to my network TV, yeah. when you look at the when you look at the uh, demographic that my network TV has, honestly, Jeff Hardy is your perfect champion. <laughs> and the people are so behind him right now, yeah. I almost think that they should keep the belt on him a little while because, let's face it, they're garnering ratings. Like, my network TV is on the map because of SmackDown. I don't know if you noticed, but yeah. every week when SmackDown goes off, the news that follows it, they always have something to do with one of the superstars. Yeah. Last night it was Big Show. You know, it's it's always something with my network TV. So yeah. that was another big news story in 2008. They left UPN or whatever the hell network they were the on. CW, yeah. The CW, UPN. I still call UPN. Like, I don't know. But... Uh, Big story. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think another recurring theme throughout the year was WWE repeating itself in several ideas, and the first time that we saw that was at No Way Out uh, from the Thomas and Mack Center in Las Vegas on February 17th. Uh, Just to quickly review this, uh, Chavo Guerrero defeated CM Punk to retain the ECW title. Who knew, what, 10 months later, how that would, how that 
how both of their careers would be completely different by that point. Absolutely. But, but two elimination chamber matches to decide uh, WrestleMania positioning, and of course we saw that later on, uh, later in the year, and we'll talk about that. Uh, the SmackDown Elimination Chamber, The Undertaker defeating Batista, Finley, MVP, Big Daddy V, of all people, and uh, the great Khali to earn a World Heavyweight Championship match at WrestleMania 24. Uh, <clears throat> of course, uh, Edge retained against Mysterio once again at No Way Out. John Cena defeated uh, Randy Orton by DQ in the WWE Championship match. And then Triple H defeating Shawn Michaels, Jeff Hardy, Chris Jericho, Umaga, and JBL during a championship match at WrestleMania 24. So Triple H and and The Undertaker come out of, of that night. But two elimination chambers in the show, same show. Yeah, you normally see that about once a year, once every 15, 16 months. Two in the same night. Hey, I, I remember on the old show we were talking about it, uh, <clears throat> that it just seemed hard to hard to do. It Selling that February pay-per-view between the Rumble and and WrestleMania is never easy. No matter how hot the business is, no matter how hot the storylines are, it's never an easy sell, but we weren't very happy about it beforehand, and, and I mean, like I said, it was executed well, but just the, the laziness of the idea, plus, of course, what happened later in the year, I wasn't a big fan of, I have to admit. You know, I have to say that um, from a historian standpoint, the only successful February pay-per-view that came between Rumble and Mania, in my opinion, was uh, back in 1999, the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Yeah. Uh, partly in, due to the fact that there was a cage match between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon, in which the Big Show made his first appearance. Yeah. Um, since then, I mean, really, they do struggle in February. And two elimination chambers back-to-back, I mean, it's, it's supposed to be a big deal. The elimination yeah. chamber is supposed to be a match that's grueling, that's just vicious that you know people's careers are shortened in and when you have two of them it really it demeans it because you're expecting to see all that carnage and violence in one yeah but to see it in two is just overkill and i don't understand it's just like tna's lockdown uh every gimmick's in a cage and literally it's every gimmick in a cage yeah it's not just a cage match there's some stupid ass gimmick there's christmas tree lights on the cage there's it doesn't <laughs> matter there's yeah. you know uh all kinds of stupid gimmicky shit and and i think that too much well obviously it's too much yeah i agree definitely uh wrestlemania 24 obviously we're going to talk more than just the pay-per-views but this is a, a good way to start uh wrestlemania 24 the first wrestlemania in high definition and boy, did it pay off! That crowd in, in in Orlando, and the even just the how they shot the the venue and how they designed the venue was absolutely fantastic. JBL over Finley in an underrated Belfast brawl. CM Punk wins the Money in the Bank over Jericho, MVP, Shelton, John Morrison, Carlito, and Mr. Kennedy. Probably like I, I said before, the second best match of the year. Those guys are just willing to kill each other and kill themselves. I disagree with you on that. All right, well, it's let's, let's talk about that. Um, well, finish reading your card. Okay. We'll, we'll get to that. Uh, Batista over Maga, which was a horrible match. It was just terrible. Uh, Kane over Chavo Guerrero in six seconds in the ECW title match, which I I really liked. I really liked that idea. I don't. I can't remember if you were a big fan of that or not. I almost I think felt like Sh- it, Shark, Shark and I liked it. I remember that. 
I, it almost to me felt like it should have been a dark match. I mean, honestly, I, I, I see where they were going with it. I mean, it, it kind of uh, draws comparisons back to, uh, I believe it was WrestleMania three, when um, King Kong Bundy beat SD Jones in like six seconds. Yeah, that was one or two. Anyway, uh, yeah. But. So yeah, I mean, it, it just it draws the same comparison to that. I mean, it's just. I mean, to see Chavo Guerrero go from being the ECW champion, which, let's face it, it's not like it's a prestigious world championship that everybody, you know, recognizes as what it is, but yeah, uh, to see him, like, really go into the year basically a jobber, which is what he's been the entire year, yeah, um, wasn't exactly a good mania for Chavo Guerrero. Yeah, I, I think Chavo Guerrero's uh, career has peaked in the first quarter of 2008, and uh, he can be a, a good subsidiary player Your from now on. Your stock is falling, Chavo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sean over Rick, match of the year, no question about it. And, and it, not only is it match of the year, but I almost feel like on that card, it's the only match that's WrestleMania-worthy. Really? Honestly, on that card right there, that is the only match that, that screams out to me, WrestleMania 24, the only match. Uh, Beth Phoenix and Molina over Maria and Ashley. <laughs> yeah, we know. Uh, Randy Orton over Triple H and Cena. I remember that because that's, I believe that's where the whole kicking in the head premiered. And just, and we, we saw this quite often throughout the year and where basically in a three-way match, if, if one, if person A is trying to pin person B, then person C kind of knocks that, that away and then goes in themselves. And that's exactly what happened. Orton, Triple H was, on top of Cena, and Orton got rid of him, and then, <clears throat> and then won the match himself. Classic three-way strategy. Well, if memory serves me correctly, though, the uh, the punt to the head's been around since 2007. Right. I mean, he's been doing that to everybody, putting them out, like RVD, yeah. everybody. So. But but that that was that was when it was most pronounced, because that's what he used to, to re really win the match. But yeah, I mean, even Orton said it later in the year, Superstar of the Year. Hey, I won. I did this. I did this. I did this, and I won and retained. I retained my uh, WWE title at WrestleMania, and I wasn't even considered for Superstar of the Year. So. Well, yeah, but you got you got to think. I mean, as far as Orton is concerned, I mean, he does have a claim. He did start the year off strong, but again, he was injured in a match with Triple H, was yeah. out for months, came back, and pretty much did promos for a while. Um, and I would say his character leading into 2009 is very strong, and I think that he has a possibility to go into 2009. And possibly be the superstar of the year if he continues on this role that he's on. But um, I honestly have no objections to Chris Jericho as superstar of the year. Oh, yeah, me neither. Did, me neither. Did a lot in a year's time, and I think he's very worthy of that title. Yeah, so I've, I've been kind of critical on Batista for the last few weeks, and, and we'll take you through the Batista road here uh, eventually. Um, he was involved in the, in the Royal Rumble and obviously didn't win. And in No Way Out, he uh, was part of the elimination match for for uh, SmackDown and then beat Umaga in a terrible match at WrestleMania. Uh, backlash in Baltimore in April. Matt Hart no, hold, hold on before we get into Backlash. Oh, Batista. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I have, we haven't completed WrestleMania no, yet. No, we haven't. Yeah, uh, Floyd Mayweather over the Big Show. And Big Show actually came out to a, uh, a <laughs> favorable ovation, ovation uh, a face ovation, even the night afterwards. And uh, Mayweather sold himself as the heel when that probably wasn't what Vince was expecting him to do. No, I. but here's the problem. 
Mayweather comes into professional wrestling and has this match with a guy that, you know, <laughs> legitimately could kill him. Yeah. And to me, I mean, it, it that's that's one of those matches that, you know, it, it kind of ranks with, you know, Butterbean and Bart Gunn. Yeah. You know, <laughs> a guy who shouldn't be in there with another guy, you know, that's that's more talented or... You know what? The big show, granted, he's not a boxer. He did train to be a boxer. But the fact that Floyd Mayweather... You know, did break his nose, which I, I think was a pretty fucked up little thing in the, yeah, in the first place. Yeah, had no way out. Because I mean, obviously that wasn't the that wasn't the plan was for him to break his nose, but for him to break his nose and Big Show not really get any payback on that, I think is crap. Big Show did get put over in that match because the people hate Mayweather. Oh yeah, they obviously hated his attitude, his little you know, I'm richer than you, I could burn twenty million dollars, I don't care. Yeah, and let's face it, nobody gives a shit and. For you to go into a WrestleMania, a boxer with that kind of ego and attitude, against a guy like The Big Show, there, there's no wonder he was the favorite in that. So, yeah. uh, again, it was a waste of the WWE's money for Floyd Mayweather to be at WrestleMania. Absolutely a waste. Undertaker and defeating Edge to win the uh, World Heavyweight Championship, the first of many, 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 many Undertaker-Edge pay-per-view matches. But all very, very good contests. I will say that every Undertaker Edge match this year has been entertaining. Uh, the best one, however, had to be Hell in the Cell, which should actually be called TLC in the Hell in the Cell. Yeah, exactly. Because that was a phenomenal match. I agree. I would say that, honestly, that's number two for match of the year. Well, we'll agree to disagree. Uh, I have it. Well, I have it number three. But uh, Backlash in Baltimore... Matt Hardy over MVP to win the United States Championship. Kane retains against Chavo Guerrero. The Big Show over the Great Khali in a horrible match. Uh, Shawn Michaels over Batista. Keep, keep that in mind. Khali match together. How could that be good? Exactly. Shawn Michaels over Batista. Keep that in mind if you're keeping track at home. Beth Phoenix, Molina, Layla, Victoria, Jillian, and Natalia Neidhart defeated Mickey James, Michelle McCool. Ashley Cherry and Kelly Kelly, and how many of those are? <laughs> at least two of them aren't with the company anymore. But uh, Undertaker over Edge in the uh, in the uh, WrestleMania rematch to retain his uh, World Heavyweight Championship, and Triple H defeated Randy Orton, John Cena, and JBL in a four-way to win the WWE title. We go to Judgment Day just three weeks later. Cena over JBL in Cena's first non-title feud in about 68 years. I think the story of what was first to come, The Miz and John Morrison over Kane and CM Punk, and I guess we to retain their WWE Tag Team Championship, uh, I would say Tag Team of the Year. Well, we talked about it with the guys here during Armageddon, and <clears throat> but those guys had the best 2008 of probably probably any group, any pair, maybe even any wrestler of the year. Well, you know what? I, I would agree that they did have a stellar 2008. Um, this is something I've, I've said numerous times on various shows. Uh, I'm a big fan of what John Morrison can do. I think yeah. that he has just phenomenal potential. I think that he could be so much bigger than what he is now. Yeah. And for him to go into a singles title. He was a great Intercontinental Champion. He went from that to being the ECW Champion and had great matches with East, with uh, 
CM Punk and ECW. And for him to go from that to being regulated into a tag team with another tough enough alumnus. Granted, they work well together, but at some point in the near future, I, I gotta say, you gotta move John Morrison on. This guy is being oh, wasted away from the tag in tag team yeah. competition. He needs to be a singles wrestler, and that's that's what's important. But as far as 2008 goes, no one won more titles in 2008 tag team wise yeah. than Morrison and Miss. Absolutely. I don't know. Could you see a uh, could you see a barbershop kind of scenario for for Miss and Morrison? You know, I can only hope so. <laughs> I, I honestly, I, when I think of John Morrison, it, he he reminds me just a little bit of when Shawn Michaels broke free yep. from the Rockers. I mean, you know, Morrison came out of Eminem, which was a good tag team. Yeah. But I have to say, I think I think Miz and Morrison are a better tag team than Eminem ever were. Oh yeah, definitely. And I wouldn't have said that a year ago that I didn't think I didn't think the Miz was worth anything in the ring. But the guy must have worked hard, and uh, in the off season, <laughs> on off days, and just really worked it in the gym and he is his in ring has been much much better than it was one year ago well I think you can credit John Morrison for that because oh, yeah. the two of them working together are gold I love the dirt sheet oh the I dirt those guys the dirt sheet's together. fantastic I mean I, I really it, and honestly when they had the match with, with DX which you know is obviously we're getting ahead of ourselves but yeah. I, I was so behind Miz and Morrison for that because oh, yeah, I'm too. so sick of the Generation X yeah and I'm yeah, you knew that they were going to get crushed, but they actually had a few really good spots in that match. Absolutely. Uh, Judgment Day, Cena over JBL. Of course, Miz and Morrison defeat Kane and Punk. And I do believe that was that was one of only a few uh, wins by John Cena starting off the year. Because, uh, honestly, since John Cena's comeback, he had lost like just about every match he was in, yeah. when you think about it. So that was one of his first wins against JBL at Judgment Day. Shawn Michaels over Jericho in the first part of their feud. Uh, women's Championship, Mickey James over Melina and Beth Phoenix. And I believe it was right around May where Melina got hurt. Uh, the Undertaker defeated Edge by countout, where the uh, the match for the vacant World Heavyweight Championship, the Undertaker defeats Edge by countout. The title is still vacant. Do you, do you recall why it was vacated to begin with? Uh, this is the... This is back in May. World Heavyweight Championship because yeah. uh, Vicky vacated it, I believe. Oh, okay. I can't remember the reasoning, honestly. It, it, it escapes me. Something to do with the fact that he beat Edge. I, I don't know. Yeah. Jeff Hardy over MVP and uh, Triple H defeated Randy Orton in the cage match. Not. Oh, oh, I do remember what it was. Oh, okay. He choked him out with the move now known as the Hell's Gate. Right. Which was considered a chokehold. Yeah. And so they stripped him of the title. That's that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, the dragon sleeper. Uh, so, yeah, so that was May 18th. And just two weeks later, folks, two weeks later, one night stand from San Diego, June 1st, where every match was a gimmick match, was an extreme rules match. Jeff Hardy over, over Umaga in the pre-taped, completely edited, completely uh, fashioned for television match where I believe he jumped off the production truck, if I'm not mistaken. Didn't he pin him with a forklift? <laughs> no, that... I'm thinking, of, I'm thinking of Mick Foley in the <laughs> yeah. from years ago. Yeah. It's so close to being fabricated. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's the same type of deal, honestly, for that match. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Singapore Kane match, big show over Punk, Dreamer, Morrison, and Chavo. That was a big match. That was... Uh, I remember that. I, I remember those Singapore Canes kind of being thrown around loosely and not, 
not being taken care of as well as they could have been. But Big Show destroyed all of them. Uh, well, and if I remember correctly, Big Show got destroyed himself. Like, didn't he get, like, busted over his eye with the, the yeah, cane? Yeah, he did. And he got legitimately pissed and killed everybody? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I Big Show, I think Paul White is probably just uh, the greatest, like, a really good guy in and out of the ring, just like Andre was. But if you, just like with Andre, if you piss him off, he's going to break your legs. Well, shit, I mean, let's face it. <laughs> He's had one hell of a year. He starts off the year, he comes back. The night he comes back, he gets his nose broken by some, you know, snotty little uh, arrogant boxer yep. who has no business being in a wrestling ring and breaks his nose right off. And you can't tell me they plan to break his nose. Like, Shane McMahon's like, okay, okay, show, he's going to break your nose in the ring. Okay. Like, the reaction that Big Show had when his nose was broken, I thought he was going to kill dude. Oh yeah, I would have. I would have chased him out of town. I'd have killed him. Well, and that's always the thing is that uh, Mayweather always had his five or six cronies with him. Shit. And, and that was a, and what was it? Yeah, all the wrestlers came down and Big Show threw Mayweather into them, and just to show how big and powerful Big Show was. But yeah, like a couple of his cronies were really Mayweather's cronies were ready to go in and beat the shit out of out of the Big Show, even well, though they wouldn't have been able to. It, well, and that's the stupid thing. That you know Mayweather pays all these stupid idiots to uh, to protect him, and the fact that they would they would <laughs> reminds they would me of Tyson. Their lives going into the ring with with a guy that's five hundred pounds, yeah, and almost eight feet tall, and then you've got a locker room full of the boys that would back him, that are legitimate badasses, yeah. Uh, come on, there's no way in hell. Like, no. if they wanted to, they could have killed Mary May, Mayweather, Mayweather and his posse. Oh yeah. I mean, it's done. Yeah, it's it was Tyson esque with with the big posse that Mayweather had to have. But you know what? If Tyson would have been involved in it, it would have been a much a much better production because Tyson is a believable guy that could kick the Big Show's ass. Yeah. You know, Tyson is a is a legitimate heavyweight boxer. Mayweather's a lightweight. I mean, he's pound for pound, he's the best athlete in the world. But pff, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Exactly. Make it believable. Exactly. Uh, first blood seen over JBL, the I Quit match. Beth Phoenix. Oh well, jo- John Cena and JBL, of course. I believe that was the 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 match that featured. No, no, Great American Bash was where uh, where they had the the backstage issue where uh, Cena got put in a, a a car on fire and managed to escape without injury, and then and then uh, was thrown into that windshield. Now, again, you know, I mean, when you're the son of Jarrell. And you, you, you live off the yellow sun to get your power. I yep. mean, let's face it, that's John Cena in a nutshell right there. Yeah. I actually hear rumors that he might actually portray Superman in the next movie. I mean, it's his gimmick. He can do it. <laughs> Beth Phoenix over Molina in the I Quit match. Batista over Shawn Michaels in the stretcher match. Uh, not a bad contest as far as I remember, but, yeah, one of Batista's few highlights. Well, you know what? But the thing about it was it was, it was a highlight for Batista to actually put Shawn Michaels on the stretcher, and I do believe it was a very brutal match from what I can remember. Um, but the storyline going into it was he was pissed off at Shawn Michaels for retiring Ric Flair. Yeah. And Ric and, Flair and they... is the one who wanted Michaels to have the match with him. Yeah. It's not like Shawn Michaels set out and said, oh, I'm going to beat you and, and retire your ass. That was never the case. The whole time that the Shawn Michaels-Ric Flair thing was going on, he never once came out and was like, yeah, I'm going to retire, you old bastard, and, yeah. you know, blah, 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 blah. It was always the utmost respect between the two. For, so for Batista to come up with this, oh, well, you retired Ric Flair, you piece of shit, I'm going to kill you. 
I never understood where they were going with that, yeah. and it made Batista look like a bitch, honestly. And, and that was the Shawn Michaels Batista match at uh, Backlash on April twenty seventh. Was that was the match where Shawn faked the knee injury and rolled Cena up, and that was kind of a confusing Batista. Or rolled Batista up. Sorry, and that was kind of a confusing time where where Shawn Michaels beats Batista with the fake knee injury, and then Michaels uh, Chris Jericho comes out later and says, "Well." How dare you uh, pretend to be something that you're not and try to deceive Batista, somebody who apparently is your friend, just to win a match? And then he defeats Shawn Michaels, ends up ends up beating Chris Jericho on May 18th. But then it goes back to One Night Stand with the whole Batista Michaels thing going back and resuming. The fact that it was Batista, Mike, Batista Jericho, Batista Jericho was really strange and and inconsistent and, and to me didn't make a whole lot of sense. But yeah, that stretcher match between Batista and Shawn Michaels was pretty brutal. Uh, also on one night stand, the last man standing match, Triple H over Randy Orton and the TLC for the vacant heavy world heavyweight title, their third match of this series, Edge over the Undertaker. But we were talking at that point, Jeff, about the, the whole idea that um, Batista was trying to have this kind of heel persona about how he really respected Ric Flair and that Shawn Michaels shouldn't have done what he did with the super kick at WrestleMania. It was kind of a an experimental test to see if Batista could pull off the, the heel gimmick, and the fans really wouldn't allow it. And I think, I mean, we'll talk about this now, I think that he has to come back in June or May or April or whatever, because he'll probably be faster recovery than they're expecting. He has got to come out as, I got screwed, or, and we'll see this more in the second half of, of the pay-per-view year, but <clears throat> he's got to come out as super-duper uber-heel. I reflected on everything that's happened. I looked over all the tapes of all my 2008 matches and, just re- and 2007 matches and realized that well, I was just too nice, or I, I really didn't try as hard as I wanted to, and that every time I got screwed around or a rule went against me, I just kind of accepted it and looked forward to the next match when I really should have been beating the hell out of the people who screwed me over for all these title shots. And he is, and this is my take on it here. <sighs> this is the worst possible way for him to be injured, and I really feel bad that he ripped his uh, his ham and hamstring and that he's going through this injury right now and I really do feel bad for him but I mean we had talked about it about anywhere from two to six weeks prior to this injury where he needed some time off he needed to reevaluate himself and just take a break because he he hasn't had a break in a while like a a non-injury break in quite a while but to me for him to justify what he's doing especially especially if 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 the perceived scenario is Cena goes over Orton at Wrestlemania and then maybe they have a rematch in April that in that May, June, July point you gotta bring in well not not Leviathan as as incredibly maniacal as that character was in OVW but I think that sets up for a good summer program with Uber Heel Batista against against Jer- against uh, John Cena well got a point there. I think that uh, Cena, I think that uh, Cena obviously is who they want to market as their top face in the company. But 
I think Batista could be a, a very, a very good heel if they would let him run with it. Yeah. And let's face it, he wanted time off for a while because, you know, he's needed to uh, to recover from some of the stuff he's he's done over the last couple of years, and the WWE didn't want to really give him the time off because they didn't really have anybody that was more key right now. And, and the reason they don't is because they're not building stars like they should. They're putting too much on John Cena. They're putting too much on the big-name guys. They're not really building the new talent. And that's something that WWE has got to... They have got to take 2009 and say, Hey, look, we've got a ton of guys out there that can that can run with it. It's time. It's high time that we, we put some belts on some people. We make some stars. Because yep. you look at the talent they have, even the talent that haven't made their way into the prime time. I mean, again, I know I've said this about a hundred times. There's there's Harry Smith, D.H. Smith, who has been employed with the company for over three years and has been on TV a couple times and is just languishing in FCW. There was a report that came out a couple weeks ago that T.J. Wilson and Harry Smith were supposed to be making their SmackDown debuts and feuding with Primo and Carlito, but they decided rather to go with uh, Brian Kendrick and Ezekiel Jackson against Carlito and Primo. Yep. And the report that I've got recently out of FCW is they're the top guys there. Like, the trainers are impressed with them. They're ahead of everybody else. Well, obviously, they've been employed long enough, and it's time for their big break. Yeah, they just lost the FCW Tag Team titles here recently. but Well, then that, that could be a sign that they're, they're making their yep. way up to uh, SmackDown. But what I'm saying is you've got so many talented guys on their roster that have just been languishing to waste. MVP is another one. I know there's been health health issues with MVP yeah. in the past, but to give this guy the losing streak, I mean, granted, it, it's a great angle to play, but how long are you going to play this angle? I mean, this is one of your guys that could be money. I yeah. mean, to me, MVP is is a total package. I mean, he can he can wrestle. He's definitely good on the microphone. He's a great heel. I mean, obviously, they're wanting to turn him into a face, but... 2009 has got to be the year that you make some changes and you put some people over and you take the product in a different direction. And I think, again, Batista as a heel after John Cena is the right direction, pushing your undercard talent, making the Intercontinental title, the U.S. Championship, making those titles mean something is what they need to focus in in 2009. And I would even say maybe it's time to have one champion instead of two. I mean, let's make some changes and make wrestling what it used to be. When you were a world champion, you were recognized as a world champion, and your title meant something. Yeah. I don't know how long it's been since that title really meant anything to anybody. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Shelton Benjamin has been the most invisible United States champion in a long, long time. I. We'll find out here. I think he's held the belt maybe four or five months. He's never really had any serious challenges to it and yeah if you ask people especially on the smackdown brand if you ask any of our even any of our colleagues in in the wrestling radio area who are talking about wrestling at least once a week uh who the smackdown tag team champions are carlito and primo or the united states champion shelton benjamin i bet you a lot of them would be have difficulty remembering who those guys are most well, definitely it's it's very true i mean I really I hate the brand split, and I've I've hated it since day one. But it seems like in the last year or so, it's gotten worse because, yeah. like for example, if you're going to have a brand split, have a brand split. Yeah. But when you're when you've got a guy like uh, when you got guys like John Morrison and The Miz who consistently for the last six months have worked all three shows. Yeah. 
They're always on Raw. They're always on ECW. They're always on SmackDown. And they're the only ones that really work all three shows. Yep. If you notice. Um, why not? I mean, come on, WWE. It's time. It's time to do something with your titles. Uh, do we need two sets of tag titles for a division that you don't have two sets of contenders for? Yep. Honestly, it's time to have your world tag team championships go to any brand and face all the tag teams there is. That's that's what you need to do. Yep. It needs to be one championship. And it, honestly, it's the same for the U.S. title and the Intercontinental title. You don't need two titles. Well, you really don't. Actually, you know what? I, I would I would, I would, would kind of argue that, that point because if you... I've always said that TNA always needed that secondary title, which the Legends title ended up not ever being, but um, kind of that World Television Championship. I don't mind... A U.S. and an Intercontinental because you got you got to you got to have something for the the mid carters on both shows because with TNA as the example mid carters have absolutely nothing to go for and and that's and that's the the, the big problem with them is that they just kind of languish and spin their wheels because they have really nothing to try to achieve and like I said I don't mind a U.S. And an intercontinental because you got so many guys on both rosters. Like I mean, I was even listening to uh, Armando Estrada's interview on the Monday Night Mayhem show uh, on my way up here, and he was talking about how they're with a one-hour show on ECW, and you've got like seven or eight heels. How do you fit them all in? You you, you can't fit them in on a one-hour show, so they get wasted and and not used. So like I said, if if you took the the United States title away from Shelton Benjamin and then what outside of the top 3 or 4 in SmackDown would anybody have to go for really I, the United States title on SmackDown is the perfect place because obviously the Intercontinental can be can be this too but especially on SmackDown you can use that as a wrestling title Shelton Benjamin and Kay Quick or R-Truth or Ron Killings whatever you want to call them today had a great series of matches in the, the third quarter of the year. And if you could build up... I mean, Shelton Benjamin is a worker. There's no question about that. Um, if, you can, if you can use that... If you could have a series of six or eight consecutive weeks of really strong United States Championship matches on SmackDown, maybe Shelton Benjamin wins all six. But if you could use that as a wrestler's belt and let Benjamin do his thing and just... Like he doesn't have to talk, he doesn't have to have a, a persona or a character as much as he they per- perceive him to to do now. But if you could use that as a wrestler's belt, where they have a great match, like he could face CM Punk or he could face D.H. Smith or he could face K. Quick or he could face Carlito or he could face John Morrison and just have these great matches, then I think that's a positive for both SmackDown and for the United States well, title. You no, know, you have a you have a very valid point. Um, one of the things that that I totally agree with is you mentioned the uh, the television title. I, I happen to love the television title that WCW had, even that ECW had when they had TV. Uh, the thing is, when you look at that, that's obviously what needs to happen. I look back to the days when I used to watch Nitro or when I used to watch Thunder. And they had a championship match every show. Yeah. I think that's what needs to happen. You need to have a championship match for a title, especially if it's like a television title, a mid-card title. Yeah. Every show. To showcase your guy who that will take on all comers every week. That's yeah. what you need. And that's that's what somebody like Shelton Benjamin needs, honestly. Yeah. 
He needs to be the workhorse that works his butt off every week and defends his title. Yeah. And it, it, for, it, it was even a case, well, in, in WCW back in 99, 2000, 2001, that t- to me they had too many belts. Like, the United States title and the world television title, to me, were indistinguishable, where if you didn't win one, you want, you could try for the other one without there really being any issue. It wasn't a case of that the, the world title was the Tier 1, U.S. was Tier 2, and the world television was Tier 3. <clears throat> until, of course, until they moved the world television title exclusively to WCW Saturday Night. But to me, when... Finley and Benoit and and Booker were going after that belt, which was probably the best time the world television title ever had, as far as I'm concerned. To me, that didn't interpret to me that they were the Tier 3 roster, but at the same time, there were too many belts at that time. You had a cruiserweight belt, you had a hardcore title at that time, the World Hardcore Championship, and, and that ended up being the World Garbage Can Championship, basically. You know what? There there were too many titles in WCW, but the thing that I, like I said, I always liked that the television title was defended every week on TV. Regal was a great television champion. Yep, he was. Um, I can remember there were there were times, and especially the television title, you have to have a time limit, and he used that time limit so many times to get the win, <laughs> yep. to keep that title. Uh, I can remember matches against Davy Boy Smith, where they wrestled and Davy almost had him, but the time limit expired. Yep, because it was ten minutes. And I think that's perfect. I think that's what that's what wrestling needs today, or excuse me, entertainment needs today. Yeah. All right. Well, we move on. Looking back at the year of two thousand and eight in WWE, of course, for all you TNA fans, we haven't forgotten about you. We'll come back to you. Yeah, we've only got like six minutes of time for TNA because <laughs> nothing really big happened. But we'll, we'll cover that. Yeah. In a bit. Night of Champions uh, two thousand eight from Dallas, Texas, June 29th. Miz and Morrison over Finley and Hornswoggle. I enjoyed that match. I'll admit it. I enjoyed it. Uh, Matt Hardy uh, retains the U.S. title over Ch- uh, Chavo Guerrero. The ECW Championship, Mark Henry over Kane in the Big Show. Three behemoth gentlemen in the same ring at the same time. I remember that as being actually a really good match. Well, I remember it as to, being... To our shock, it was a really good match. I remember it being as that Kane had just been drafted to Raw... And the big show yeah. was on SmackDown. That was right after the draft. So Mark Henry was the only ECW guy going after the <laughs> ECW title. Yeah. And it pretty much told you what was going to happen. Yeah, that exactly. In order for ECW to have their championship, Mark Henry was going to have to, for the first time in his career, become a world heavyweight champion. Yeah. And honestly, I'm going to say this. Mark Henry, I thought, did a very good job with the ECW championship for yep. the time that he had it. I'm going to give him kudos. I mean, sure, he's been in the business 11 years, and it took him 10 years just to basically learn how to do anything right. But I'll say that his run as ECW champion was pretty good. From a, from a, from a standpoint, I think it was good. Right. Uh, the premiere of Ted DiBiase Jr. as the big swerve, Ted DiBiase and Cody Rhodes won the titles from Hardcore Holly and Cody Rhodes. Yeah. The last time we saw Hardcore Holly, by the way. If if you're hearing this, if you've never even seen the match or you know what we're talking about, <laughs> and, and Dave just said that that you know Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase Jr. beat Cody Rhodes and Hardcore Holly. Yeah, it wasn't that there was a clone. <laughs> it was that he swerved his. Partner it wasn't Charlie Hardcore Haas Holly. in disguise. That's right. It wasn't Charlie Haas. Um, you know what? I hated that. I it was so obvious the way they were going with that. 
Um, I absolutely hated the way that they handled that. Um, one of the things that I really like Ted DiBiase Jr.'s debut I like into professional wrestling. Yep. Uh, however, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but after they won those titles, the workhorse in that team was Cody Rhodes because Ted Jr. was still greener than fucking grass. Yep. And he hardly ever wrestled in those tag matches. But uh, I wasn't a big fan of, of the swerve. And um, I do, however, like Ted DiBiase Jr. Yeah. and Cody. They, they've grown on me like a fungus. But uh, to, to me, Cody Rhodes is similar to The Miz, uh, where I'm not convinced about his, his look and his, and his abilities. But he, unfortunately, he's going to be able to ride his dad's name for a long time. I mean, I'll and give him I, kudos. He's the only Rhodes that's skinny. <laughs> and by the way, Goldust has been signed to yet another contract. So, another probably six-week contract. Anyway, uh, I'm not a like I said, Cody. To me, 2009 has got to be a key year for Cody Rhodes because if he languishes and doesn't do much, to me, he'll never be more than than just the son of 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 a Hall of Fame wrestler. This legacy angle. Grandson li- of a plumber. <laughs> <laughs> I like the I like the potential in the angle, especially because because Orton wants to be involved. Orton wants to guide these guys. He wants to to build this group, and he wants to be involved. And I think that's a great great thing. Well, hold on now. But I am not uh, hold on. I'm not saying I'm completely confident in what <laughs> what's going to happen, especially because Cody Rhodes, Manu, and uh, Sim Snuka, outside of Ted DiBiase Jr. returning later. Are are your three uh, major members of that faction right okay, now? Okay, yeah, but, but but hold on. You think that Randy Orton actually cares? The whole reason for this stable is so Randy Orton can have like a a horseman esque run with yeah. the title, where he's got guys watching his back. And I got to be honest, interfere and get DQs. And I think stuff. I think Ted Junior is good for this stable. I think that Cody is good for the stable. I'm not too keen on uh, Deuce. Who Deuce! I, I absolutely fucking hate the name Sim Snuka. It's like something you do to your mother. You know, or, oh, God. Or somebody else would do to your mother. Oh, God. You know, like, <laughs> I just Sim Snooked your mother. I mean, oh, God. it doesn't sound, it's not a name that's marketable. I'm Sim Snuka. Kinzu type, bless you. I mean, it, it just yeah. doesn't come across very well. I think they, they could have got a better name for this kid. Well, I, I don't Honestly, know what his real first name is, actually. But. Well, if it's Sim Snook, I'm, I feel bad for him. I really do. Um, <laughs> it was funny where he faced his dad here on Monday night. That was actually pretty entertaining. Yeah, it was. That we'll get to that later. <laughs> but um, Manu, honestly, uh, of the of the group, I think he's the worst. I, oh, I, yeah. I don't have any anything good to say about Manu. I think he's a waste of talent. He may not even be in the group on Monday. Well, you know what? I, I mean, obviously, they, they ran the angle where... If he didn't win his match, he wasn't going to go forward, but and he didn't. But uh, I, I just I don't see what the big deal. I, I used to hear all kinds of great things about Alpha Junior and FCW, and he has yet to show me anything. I mean, he's just a fat, out of shape Samoan that can't really string together that many moves. I, I'm just yeah. not impressed with uh, with him. I, I think it's a waste. I mean, there's so many guys that could have been put in this legacy group. You got so many guys in developmental. Right now is the time that you're seeing all these second and third generation wrestlers yep. coming out of the woodwork. You got Ricky Steamboat's kid, who's wrestling on the indies and looks just like his dad. Yep. You've got Reed Flair, who just made his wrestling debut. Well, he's probably three or four years away. Reed Flair is a couple years away. Yeah. I wouldn't want to push that kid because he's got big shoes to fill. But I think that 
he's better than David Flair and will be because oh, he yeah. was winning all kinds of tournaments at a young age. Yeah. Um, I think he could be somebody, maybe not the extent of what his dad was. No. But I think he could be somebody. You've got Joe Hinnick. You know what? I think 12 months from today, we're going to be talking about how good Joe Hennig was in the second half of 2009. I, I hope that we are. Yeah. Because Mr. Perfect was one of my favorite competitors of all time. Uh, he ranks uh, You know what? There, there's two guys that when I think of classic competitors that were my favorites back in the 80s, early 90s, and I'm talking about Ravishing Recruit, and I'm talking about Mr. Perfect. Yeah. Those were the guys that, that could do it. You know, they, they told the story in the ring. They were great on the mic. Um I mean, obviously, he's a third-generation wrestler. He's got he's got big shoes to fill, um, but I th- I think from everything I've heard of his progress in FCW that he is progressing well, and I do hope that we hear a lot of good stuff about him next year. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, God, there's there's so many there's so many out there. I mean, when you think of WrestleMania's down the road, when you think of a flare and steamboat facing off each other at WrestleMania 30. <laughs> I mean, think about it. There, there's so much potential out there. There's even guys that were tag team champions. Dakota Darso, uh, son of Barry Darso, yeah. who was who was Smash and Demolition, and then he was Payne Stewart in WCW. I mean, yeah. Yeah. what a career he had. Oh yeah. I mean, his son's been signed. You, you've got another third generation wrestler, uh, Kendall Wyndham, or not Kendall? What, is that his name? Kendall. Kendall was the brother. Kendall was the brother. What what is that Wyndham's kid? There's there's a Wyndham that's just been Barry Wyndham's kid. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I'm not sure. Of his I, name, I can't but. think of his name, but I mean, there's so many second and third generation wrestlers out there. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, five hours a week sounds like a lot. Like, I I would hate to have to book five hours a week of TV, but you think about all these guys, like not only that are coming up from SCW, but are currently on the roster. Five hours a week is not nearly enough time for all these wrestlers, because you don't want four minute matches. But like I said, five hours a week isn't mu- isn't very much. It really is, and and you feel bad for these guys because literally there's just not enough time to show them off. I don't know what the superstars on uh, WGN is going to be all about. I I have a feeling it'll be more of a recap show, like AM Raw is. But we'll have to wait and see on that. But like I said, um, I think they're going to regret not uh, doing Sunday Night Heat on on uh, on the internet anymore. And uh, to me. ECW obviously is going to continue into 2009 on the Sci-Fi Channel, and they have to continue doing the base. I I can understand ECW being AAA wrestling, where you have all the young guys plus a few grizzled veterans to guide them along. But that's where these guys got to go. Joe Henning and 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 guys like this. No, they've all got to start off in ECW. Yeah. I think I think Tommy Dreamer recently said in an interview that uh, that ECW. And I think a lot of people are misconstruing what he said. He basically said that the ECW that you're seeing now is similar to the old ECW in the fact that it's unknown guys yeah. that are making their, their names in the business, getting their breaks, and proving that they can wrestle and do stuff. And I think that's what ECW should be, and I've said that for the longest time. I still think it needs to be smaller venues. I don't think it needs to be going well, I, with I all think, these big shows. Well, but at the same time, when they're taping two SmackDowns back-to-back, Obviously, they're trying to limit the budget, and they're going to do Raw and, and ECW together, which I, I don't mind that much. I don't. I don't think that's a that's a hugely horrible idea. But I think that honestly, your your new guys that are coming in that are that are just getting into professional wrestling and making names for themselves, they should start off on ECW. Oh, definitely. And you know, because just seeing the progression of guys like Jack Swagger right now, I think ECW is doing very well. And I yeah. I never thought that it would be 
what it is right now. Yeah. Because I thought Vince was trying to kill it from the beginning. Yeah. But if it continues on the on the stream that it's on right now. Yeah. Then ECW is is, is going to blossom. Yeah, I, I like the idea of the whole Triple uh, A wrestling issue, and and I think you're gonna if you're gonna see, like let's say Jack Swagger and Ricky Reyes have a really good build up to something, and then have a pay per view match, that'll just show you that that's what ECW is eventually gonna gonna lead to. Uh, Night of Champions, which like I said in Dallas on June 29th, I like the idea. All all the belts on the line. Uh, Kofi Kingston over Jericho to win the Intercontinental Championship as his big premiere, and he doesn't say much on the mic, which is fine. So he's not really having to come up with this fake Jamaican accent that apparently he doesn't really have because he's not originally from Jamaica. Well, well, now, but uh, I, I like what he did this year. You know what? He did have a really good year. I have to say Rookie Superstar of the Year was much deserved for uh, for Kofi Kingston because he, he broke out of the mold. He transferred from ECW to Raw and had a good intercontinental title run. He's a very exciting athlete to watch in the ring. I think that he's got tons of potential, and I want to see him go somewhere. But the Night of Champions, I, I love that idea. But here's the thing. Night of Champions should be a pay-per-view called WrestleMania. Yeah. I don't know how many times we've had a WrestleMania where the Intercontinental Champion was in the Money in the Bank match. Like, I want to see the Intercontinental Championship defended at WrestleMania, and I want it to be a big fucking deal. I still like Money in the Bank, though. I, I do. Well, you can still have Money in the Bank. Do you have to throw your Intercontinental Champion in there? And if you do... Put the belt on the line. Sweeten the pot. Well, if it's a four-hour show, you could have money in the bank at the beginning and then have the Intercontinental Championship at the, like, the three-and-a-half-hour mark or three-hour mark, and then the guy gets three hours off to recover. But WrestleMania is supposed to be your your big ma- your, your big show of the year, and you should have all your titles on the line at WrestleMania. All right, we continue along. Uh, Kofi Kingston, yeah, should have a big 2009 very much interested in what he's going to be up to. Uh, Mickey James over Katie Lee Burchill. Uh, the Burchills are now on ECW. Uh, well, June was your highlight month, so. <laughs> but you're pretty much done now. But like I said, that's a perfect place for, for those guys. Uh, Edge over Batista <coughs> for the World Heavyweight Championship. Keep track. And Triple H def- successfully defends against. John Cena at the Night of Champions. Oh my God, you know I I can't remember the last time Batista actually had a long run as a as a champion. I mean, all of 2007 he chased Edge. I mean, obviously he lost the belt to Undertaker <coughs> Mania, yeah, in that year, and has pretty much lost every match he's had or been screwed out of every title shot he's ever gotten. It's just it's sad. He does need the time off. So so far in half a year on the Batista count. He won the stretcher match against Sean, and that's been it. That's his only pay-per-view win so far. Great American Bash at the Nassau Coliseum on July 20th. Hawkins and Ryder defeated Miz and Morrison, Finley and Hornswoggle, and Jesse and Festus in the four-way uh, tag title match. Hawkins and Ryder, the former Edgeheads, who have nothing to do with Edge now, uh, as part of the uh, La Familia angle. And where the hell is Bam Neely? Who the fuck cares? <laughs> Bam Neely was the biggest fucking disappointment I don't know what they saw in him other than the fact that he was kind of a big guy. Yeah. Uh, honestly, he just... I think he wins the 2008 Luther Reigns Award for big guy who didn't turn in into anything. Hey, uh, you know win- what? Luther winner. Reigns at least had talent. Luther Reigns could... I didn't see it. Well, uh, you didn't see it because it was like in movies. These bit parts he has, right? Oh, I mean, okay. Who could forget his stunning performance in The Girl Next Door? 
I you could forget it very easily. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Shelton Benjamin over Matt Hardy to win the United States title, which he has held ever since. Uh, the ECW Championship, Mark Henry successfully d- defends against Tommy Dreamer, and Jericho defeats Michaels as their main program gets underway after the whole uh, <coughs> Batista thing faded away. I have to ask the question here. What is Vince's obsession with with putting Tommy Dreamer just a job to everybody? Like, Tommy Dreamer, God damn it! let Tommy Dreamer win the fucking ECW championship and let him hold it for a little while. Well, for it, fuck's sake, does he man. Still have the same pers- does he still have the same perspective as he did in the original ECW where he never wanted to win a belt? And he just wanted to be the sympathetic face that always got screwed over. No, he did. He did win the belt once. He never wanted to, though. And and then he lost it the same night. And then he won the tag team titles with Raven right before ECW died, when the Dudleys were leaving. The night the Dudleys. Well, ECW wasn't dead for another year or two. Or no, that, okay, the night that the the Dudleys left, he won the tag titles with with Raven, Raven but, yeah, who had just returned from WCW. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Michelle McCool defeats Natalie Neidhart to become the first Divas champion, and only here re- recently, about two weeks ago, did she lose it to Maurice. Which and was I, I disappointing. Like Mar- yeah, the match was horrible. The match was really, really bad. Uh, I like that Maurice is trying harder. She's still terrible in the ring. But yeah, it was a five-month title run with maybe three uh, defen- title defenses. Well, you were talking about the, the match where Michelle McCool loses to Maurice was awful. I'm thinking of the match where Michelle McCool became the, the champion. N- was Natty had to sell everything. Natty sold everything. She pretty much did everything for Michelle McCool. And it pissed me off that the, da- the, the granddaughter of Stu Hart is tapping out to Michelle McCool. Yeah. A model who's fucking The Undertaker. Exactly. And, and you know what? Natalia Neidhart has had such a successful career on SmackDown thus far. She's been jobbed out to the Bella Twins, who obviously have no business in wrestling because they can't <laughs> wrestle either. Yeah. So when you look at the roster on SmackDown of actual women that can wrestle, you've got Victoria and Natalia Neidhart. Yep. That's it. And like like you were talking about the... Uh, the uh... Do we need two women's division titles? No, no. we don't. No, and that's a, that's a huge mistake. That's a, a huge, huge mistake. I want to see I'm Beth concerned. Phoenix versus Natalia. I want to see Victoria Natalia. That's what, yeah. Those Mick, are the matches that I want to see. Yeah, Mickey James and stuff like that. Well, yeah, Melina just won the uh, the Battle Royal to get the the title shot against Beth Phoenix at the Royal Rumble. Uh, Saturday night's main event from the Verizon Center. Uh, not very useful. Uh, we'll just quickly go over this. JBL, that, like that, that was the first time in what, like two years, they had a Saturday night's main yeah, event. That was to build up SummerSlam. Uh, JBL Kane, Cody Rhodes over, and Ted DiBiase over Cena, Batista, and Crime Time in an eight-way tag match. Edge and over Jeff Hardy, Kali over Jimmy Wang Yang. Wow, Jimmy Wang Yang never had a chance. No, he didn't. Uh, SummerSlam 2008 from Indianapolis, MVP over Matt Hardy, or Jeff Hardy. That's probably the last time he I think that was one of his last match. wins, yeah. Uh, winner takes all. Glamorella defeats Kofi and Mickey James to win the Intercontinental and Women's Championship. Love the concept, love the match. Yeah, but you know, here's the thing. They could have went a totally different direction. I obviously and honestly felt like what they should have done, and God, did they ever screw this up. When Beth Phoenix got the pinfall, Beth Phoenix should have picked up the Intercontinental Championship and yep. handed the women's title to yep. Santino Morella. I agree. And they should have ran with it. Yep. That would have been entertaining, to say the least. 
Now, I will say this. I do enjoy listening to uh, Santino Morello, who is the greatest of all the times. Yes. Butcher the English language. I love it. But that's, I agree. that's about all I could say. His, his in-ring ability sucks. ECW Matt Hardy over Mark Henry by DQ. World heavyweight title. The new champion, CM Punk over JBL. And the most shocking moment of the year... Uh, Edge gets the shit beat out of him by Batista, I believe, June 30th. And uh, CM Punk cashes in Money in the Bank. You know what? I thought it was brilliant. The fact that not only did Batista not win the title the night before at uh, whatever pay-per-view it was, um, and obviously Triple H retained over, uh, Cena. over John Cena and moved to SmackDown, so for them to come on Raw and be like, oh, we don't have a world champion, blah, blah, blah. And then Edge comes out and he starts running his mouth about, you'll never see this title on your show yeah, both again. Both world titles were on SmackDown at that point. Yeah. And I loved I loved the buildup. I love how Batista went out there and killed him. And I loved how CM Punk <laughs> cashed in the money in the bank on the opportunist who's done it so many times yeah, before. The ultimate opportunist. And won the World Heavyweight Championship. That being said, CM Punk is not a guy that I want to see a World Heavyweight Championship on because I don't think he's in that caliber. Not yet. And he shouldn't have been. He was thrust in it. I know that our colleague Jason Clevitz didn't see that live. And when he called me, and was like, well, I'm on Raw tonight. I'm like, oh, CM Punk won the World <laughs> Heavyweight Championship. He about shit his pants. He's like, you're kidding me. Like, no, it really did. Um, I know it was a big moment for guys who who followed Ring of Honor over the years. Yeah. But as a guy who didn't really care... I. I thought the way that he beat Edge was classic and deserving, but I didn't think he should have been the guy with that title at that time. And his whole championship reign was about winning by DQ or losing, never actually you know getting pinned. And it was just sad to see them put the title on him and then not really give him a chance to run with it. They pretty much set him up to fail from the start. So CM Punk is a guy that I think is better off as your high mid-card guy, an intercontinental guy, U.S. title guy, but I don't think he's anywhere near ready world title status. Well, don't forget that Jeff Hardy was supposed to win the Money in the Bank, but was in the middle of serving strike two. Well, exactly. You know, so. Jeff Hardy is is one drug test away from being unemployed, and yep. it makes you wonder. They did put the WWE Championship on him at the end of the year. Like, could that have been a risk that they were willing to take? I mean, obviously, from a, from a business standpoint, I think it was a good decision to do so, but... Time will only tell. We'll see if 2009 marks the end of Jeff Hardy's tenure in World Wrestling Entertainment. Yeah. Uh, uh, continuing with SummerSlam, uh, Punk over JBL, Triple H over the Great Khali in the "Hey, he hasn't lost a match. We have to give him something" uh, match. Batista over Cena. So, Batista, I, I don't remember two that. Matches he won this That's year. two matches he won this year. And I, although I don't remember that being that great, oh, wait, there's three because there was Umaga at WrestleMania. Can't forget that one. Oh, I, I had already forgotten it. Undertaker over Edge and Hell in the Cell. What you think? And I have it number three. You have it number two. Match of the of the entire year. I, I think it totally redefined what a Hell in the Cell is about. Yeah, putting the putting the tables, ladders, and chairs in a Hell in the Cell was brilliant. Uh, it was definitely a good match. You know, I actually have the Edge DVD. Got it for Christmas. Yep. I'm actually making you a copy as we yep. speak. <laughs> I'm actually backing up my copy. So 
But yeah, just, that's, just in case that's anybody's what, that's listening. What yep, that's I'm backing up my own copy, yep. but uh, I'm going to let Internet Day borrow it. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know what? I might go back and watch that later because that was a good match. And uh, you know what? If Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels hadn't happened, I'd say that that would definitely probably be number one. Yeah. Uh, Unforgiven, the first of the three scramble matches. Oh and three in one night. One, okay, question one, the concept. Question two, the execution. Question three, three in one night. Well, before we get to that, we've we got to set this up. we we got to totally set this up. I okay. mean, 2008 saw the rise of uh, the Royal Rumble. We, we saw Mike Adamley for the first time as a backstage announcer. And <laughs> I, I'll never forget, there's a young man waiting in the wings, and his name is Jeff Harvey. Yep. Should have known from that point on that this guy was totally fucked in professional wrestling. Moves on to ECW as a sma- as the uh, as the announcer or the the play by play guy with Taz. Uh, and there are several YouTube links dedicated to the calling uh, the the match calling persona of uh, uh, <laughs> and highlights of Mike Adamley. I mean, I can remember when he called Taz the Taz. Yeah. Uh, you know, just just all the things, you know. Uh, of course, Kofi Kingston being a, a notable one, you know. You're Jamaican me crazy. I mean, just all kinds of things that Mike Adamley came up with. And then, ladies and gentlemen, here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. He goes and becomes the general manager of Monday Night Raw. Yep. Wow. Even he knew he shouldn't have been in that. And... Talk about fuck up after fuck up after fuck up. <laughs> I'm telling you, what a great year it's been for Mike Adamley. Um, wow. So then he comes up with this concept, the championship scramble, which, which mind you... An Adamley original. It was an Adamley original, and, and on paper it sounded pretty good. I actually like the concept that you could have a 20-minute match, or however long it was, 10 yeah, it was minutes, 20, 20 minutes, yep. And you had all five guys, and... If you beat somebody, you became the champion, only you actually didn't become the champion until the end of the match. So, And they had to pin you rather than it just being a random... Exactly. You had to pin whoever was the guy that you just no, supposedly no, no. No, beat. You, no, you could pin... Anybody could pin anybody. Because if if I if you and I were competing and I beat you and I won the title, I'd, I'd be on the first limousine out, out of the arena because they'd have to pin me. So yeah, anybody could pin anybody to become the temporary... Interim champion, and whoever was the champion at the end of the clock of the clock was considered your champion. Yeah. So you had guys like Brian Kendrick, who was the WWE champion, but really he wasn't. Right. It was just a confusing concept. So to make it in all three matches, in all three brands, was absolutely horrible. I, I can remember that pay per view so well because it was so awful. Um, let's hope that that's not an annual tradition. Yeah, and if it is, let's hope it's only a one-branded tradition and not all three. Right. Uh, just the fact that Triple H and Chris Jericho won by being the last entries. I will uh, say Matt Hardy came in; he was first in the ECW match. But yeah, uh, both Chris Jericho and Triple H had the won the belts by wrestling less than five minutes, <laughs> and the fact that Jeff Hardy had enough time to get across the ring to break up the pin with like two seconds left to retain and win the championship and didn't. That was poor execution, but you were going to say? I was going to say, so uh, I thought the way that Chris Jericho won the was championship great. scramble was great. Excellent. The fact that 
that Randy Orton earlier on in the night took out CM Punk with the punt to the head so he couldn't compete in the match and Jericho was a last minute replacement after a beautifully done match with Shawn Michaels where he went to hell and back. Yeah, and Shawn Michaels won that unsanctioned match. He did win the unsanctioned match. And then Jericho snuck in and won at the the end and became your world heavyweight champion. I thought that was brilliant. But the other two scrambles were abysmal. Actually, I thought the ECW match was actually okay. Yeah, I thought they were abysmal. Uh, Matt Hardy over Mark Henry, The Miz, Chavo, and Finley. World Tag Team titles Ted DiBiase and Cody Rhodes retain against Crime Time and get their belts back. Uh, Shawn Michaels over Chris Jericho in the unsanctioned match, which you would think would be the end of an angle, but I guess not. Uh, Triple H over Jeff Hardy, Brian Kendrick, MVP, and Shelton Benjamin. Divas Championship, Michelle McCool defended against Maurice. It won't take long to do TNA. And Chris Jericho uh, wins the the Raw Championship. Oh, The World Heavyweight Championship, Dave. Whatever you feel like calling it at the time. (laughs) No, No Mercy, October 5th. Matt Hardy over Mark Henry. For the, retain the ECW title. Beth Phoenix over Candice, returning Candice Michelle, who is still needing horrible. to. Yeah, it was a terrible match. She uh, has she has been shit since she returned. Honestly, yeah, she's contract gotta, needs to be revoked. Get, get back in the Candace ring, Michelle. Get okay. back, yeah, get back in the training facility and keep working. Rey Mysterio over Kane in the raised mask on the line match uh, by DQ. Batista over JBL to win the number one contenders ship. After getting completely screwed around in the scramble match, show over Undertaker with a big punch to make Undertaker fans think that he could actually get beat in the same uh, issue that Undertaker's had for about the last 28 feuds in a row where he always loses the first match but always uh, wins the rematch. Triple H over Jeff Hardy in the WWE Championship match and Chris Chris Jericho over Michaels in the ladder match. Which to me is match number three of the year one of the top matches of the year by WWE's Slammy Awards. Yeah, exactly. But I guess they didn't want to put over an angle with it, so whatever. Cyber Sunday, 2008. Uh, Shelton Benjamin over R-Truth for the United States title. That was uh, in the dark match, wasn't it? Yeah, pre-show on the on WWE website. Uh, no Holds Barred, Ray over Kane. ECW, Matt Hardy over Evan Bourne. Pick your tag team match, Morrison and Miz over Crime Time. Intercontinental, Honky over Santino by DQ. <laughs> Can't say much more. It was it was hilarious. You know what? I, I was really disappointed though. I, I expected to see either the honky tonk man work as the manager for Charlie Haas. Yeah, that's what you wanted was the Har- Hossy Talk Hoss- Man. Hossy Talk Man, yep. I thought that would have been hilarious, but and then it would have been good to put that title on Charlie Haas. Yep. Just to get it off Santino, I thought would have been priceless. With the honky tonk man there, but they went another direction. Continue on. Undertaker over Big Show in the last man standing to get that, that match back. Triple H over Jeff Hardy again. And championship match was where that should have been the three-way with uh, Hardy and Vladimir Kozlov. But little did we know October 26th that, thank God, we didn't see Kozlov in that match. World Heavyweight Championship with Austin as the referee. Batista over Jericho to win the belt. Yes, but which, which guess what story? happened eight days later. Which told the story... Chris Jericho lost his title because of a Steve Austin hated his guts. Yeah. And that was the whole reason that he lost his championship to uh, Batista. And just eight days later. Eight days later in a steel cage match on Raw. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I I don't want to be the Batista hater, although I've mentioned him about 68 times today. Um, If you want a clear indication of where Batista is in his career, 
watch that cage match from Monday Night Raw because it just shows how completely, completely out, out of line and and just he's just completely confused. And to me, that was his worst match of the year. Well, the Umaga match at WrestleMania was just horrific. But Batista fans, watch that match again to realize to realize how <clears throat> how where Batista is in his career right now. All right, Survivor Series, Crime Time, Shawn Michaels, Rey Mysterio, and Kali over JBL, MVP, Kane, The Miz, and Morrison. Beth, Candice, Mickey, Kelly, and Jillian over Michelle, Maria, Victoria, Natalia, and Maurice Raw over SmackDown. Undertaker over Big Show in the casket match. Orton, Rhodes, Benjamin, Henry, and Regal over Batista, Punk, Kofi, Matt, and R-Truth. And Edge over Triple H and Vladimir Kozlov in probably the second biggest shock of the year, with Cena showing up as the biggest shock, but Edge coming back as the second biggest shock well, of the year. Well, you know what? I, I thought it was it was perfect that uh, Jeff Hardy was obviously taking uh, taken out of the match due to a backstage attack. Yeah, they found him in a corridor somewhere and made it out. I thought it was kind of tasteless for WWE to like. Put this out there, like he, you know, had just overdosed on drugs or was having some type of, of issue. But uh, obviously, the storyline going into it is that uh, he was attacked, and of course, Edge was the main culprit. But as we've all heard Edge say, he wasn't. And of course, I said this at Survivor Series that would be the perfect way to bring Christian Cage back to the WWE. And pretty much everything that I've said to this point, the rumors are that when he does debut with WWE, because let's face it, it's it's imminent, yeah. uh, that he will be the man that attacked Jeff Hardy and allowed Edge to come in and take the title at Survivor Series. Yeah, I agree. However, uh, <clears throat> hopefully it's it doesn't get executed the way that uh, Rikishi's did. So, hey, it might have been Rikishi who attacked Jeff Hardy. Okay, you know we what? don't know. You, you said Rikishi. I did it for The Rock. You said Rikishi. Yes. Have we done Armageddon? We, we, just, totally, well. we just totally missed that one. <laughs> well, we did Armageddon. We were live for Armageddon two weeks ago. Uh, okay. Uh, Kozlov over uh, Matt Hardy in a non-title ECW match. Punk over Mysterio. Which was confusing because they pretty much build it as an ECW championship match and then at the last minute decided not. So, whatever. Uh, Finley over Mark Henry in the Belfast Brawl. Punk over Mysterio. Very good match. Batista over Orton, which shocked everybody. Everybody was shocked by that. McCool. Oh, shit. Michelle McCool, Maria, Kelly, and Maria. says Maria twice. Over Maurice, Natalia, Victoria, and Jillian. Cena over Jericho. And Jeff Hardy over Edge and Triple H to win the uh, world. The WWE championship. Which, honestly, from a standpoint... I think was the right thing to do. It was definitely the time. The people are behind Jeff Hardy. Going into 2009, Jeff Hardy as your WWE champion is a good idea. With the Rumble coming up, we know he's getting screwed. We know we're going to see the debut of Christian. It's going to be exciting times from here on out. Yeah. Uh, Just some quick thoughts on the year in WWE in general. Uh, To me, the most pointless feud was... was Kane against Mysterio, where they decided that when Rey Mysterio had time off, that it was because Kane beat the shit out of him. Then the mat, the the match for the mask, which didn't result in anything, and then the hardcore match where the five foot six <laughs> little Mexican jumping bean beat the six foot eight uh, 
big red machine. Well, again, this all goes back to his time in WCW when he was little Ray Ray the Giant Killer. And yeah. It just didn't work then. It doesn't work now. Ray Mysterio is a guy who I never saw as a world champion. I always saw him as an intercontinental, a cruiserweight champion. So for you to put him in a, in a match with a guy like Kane and have him beat Kane consistently every other match, and really, Kane never got the better of Ray Mysterio the whole year. So the feud was pointless. Absolutely pointless. Where do you go from there? Yeah, exactly. Thank God it's over. All right, TNA will zoom through these. Final resolution, LAX over Rock and Rave, Kaz over Black Rain. Black Rain. Formerly known as Gold Dust. Formerly known as Dustin Runnels. Gail Kim over Awesome Kong in the no DQ match for the Women's Championship. And uh, Gail Kim is an interesting situation because she left to sign with WWE and has yet to premiere. And... And basically, TNA said, you know what, Gail Kim isn't with the company anymore, and let's move on. I don't know where she is right now in her career. I don't think she's hurt. But uh, that, that's another one of these Vince McMahon-isms, where I'm going to sign you, but I'm not going to premiere you simply because well, I don't signed. want... She has not officially signed anything. She hasn't signed anything. Okay, because I had heard that she had signed, because that that's why she uh, didn't retain her contract, uh, re-sign her contract with TNA, but... But yeah, that that tells you something right there. Like, uh, Gail Kim would rather be off than not be wrestling with either company right now. Uh, Judas Macias over Abyss. Thank God we didn't see Judas Macias anymore. Although at the same time, I'm missing James Mitchell, sinister Macias sinister minister. Was abysmal. Oh yeah, he was terrible. And a guy to be for a, uh, the way that they built him up to to have a guy show up in wrestling trunks and um, and boots just didn't. See, just didn't seem well, you know, logical this to me. Whole gimmick killed Father James Mitchell. The Unfortunately, that, yeah. The fact that you would build this guy as your son, so obviously he should be a big deal. Yeah. And then to, because he, I mean, pretty much, I have to say that the failure of Judas Macias is what caused James Mitchell to be off TV. Where do you go from there? Your own flesh and blood was a disappointment. I mean, do you just drop the angle? Of course you do. So James Mitchell's gone, unfortunately. Yeah. Booker and Charmel over Robert Roode and Miss Brooks, uh, with the whole Booker T, uh, Robert Roode punching Charmel and breaking her jaw. But of course, Booker T uh, teams up with Robert Roode about three weeks later. Which, which we all kind of saw later on in the year when Shawn Michaels and his wife uh, Rebecca yeah. were on TV. Whisper, whisper, and uh, she got nailed by Chris Jericho. So hey, WWE does steal stuff from other companies. Yeah, and then Shawn Michaels making fun of it about a, about a month later. It's like, hey, you can do this to me, you can do that to me, you can punch out my wife, but so I'm still going to come out ahead. Just don't make fun of me. Yeah, and and to me, that just shows that he is not entirely not the guy who was uh, the reckless asshole that he was back in the old days. Um, Booker T and Charmel. Okay, Ultimate X, Team 3D, and Johnny Devine over Jay Lethal and the, and the Motor City Machine Guns. TNA Tag Team Titles, AJ and Tomko over Samoa Joe and Nash. And <laughs> I remember talking about it the entire year, even before we resumed the show here on the showdown. Just the whole idea that Nash and Joe got along, then they hated each other. Then they got along again, then they hated each other. Then they got along, then they hated each other. Then the final nail in the coffin was, you disrespected Scott Hall when he no-showed a pay-per-view 11 months ago. Now I'm going to cost you the belt. That was... That was the most pointless stupidity on TNA all year, I think. The most pointless thing on TNA all year was TNA in general. 
So keep rolling. Oh, boy. Uh, Kurt Angle over Christian Cage. Uh, February, against all odds, AJ and Tomko over BG and Bob Armstrong. After uh, the whole uh, idea of of the of the feast or fired, and the thing the thing is, is that TNA wants to promote feast or fired as not only is one guy getting released, but WWE has one money in the bank. We have three, but, but they're just not executing it very well. But look, you start off the year with AJ and Tomko as your tag team champions. Yeah, AJ Styles should be in the running for the World Heavyweight Championship on that show. AJ Styles is your tier guy in that company, and he's regulated to roles behind Kurt Angle. Yeah. Behind Sting, behind guys that obviously should be challenging him and wrestling him for titles. Yeah, exactly. So you started off the year with AJ and Tomko as tag team champions. Again, just another reason why TNA absolutely had a bad year in 2008. Tracy Brooks over Peyton Banks. I don't think we saw Peyton Banks again. Scott Steiner over Petey Williams. Uh, <laughs> the World Beer Drinking Championship, Eric Young over James Storm. Uh, awesome Kong over ODB. Abyss over Judas Macias in a barbed wire match. Uh, Booker T and Robert Roode fought to a double countout. The Hardcore Street Fight, Lethal and the Guns over 3D and Divine. And because of that, Jay Lethal won the X Division title because uh, Divine actually held the, the X Division title for a little while in the first part of 2008 because of his association with Team 3D. And Samoa Joe as the special enforcer, Kurt Angle over once again over Christian Cage. Destination X, LAX over the Guns and the Rock and Rave Infection to be number one contenders for the tag titles. Jay Lethal over Petey Williams to retain the X title. Eric Young and Kaz beat Black Rain and Relic. Both now Johnny Stamboli. <laughs> Johnny Stamboli with a mask. Uh, awesome Kong over ODB and Gail Kim. The fish market match, Shark Boy and Curry Man over Team 3D. I don't know if 3D won a match all year this year, in 2008, but uh, don't forget the Prince Justice Brotherhood, Shark Boy, Curry Man, and Super Eric. Don't get me started on that. The Prince Justice Brotherhood. Uh, started on on uh, the fucking stupid gimmick for Shark Boy. Oh hell yeah, shell yeah! <laughs> you stick that thing on my ass one more time, I'm gonna stomp a mud hole in your ass. Oh and boy. You stupid son of a bitch. My name is Shark Boy. But I sound like fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin. Move on. Oh, oh, mercy me. Uh, Robert Roode over Booker T in a strap match. Elevation X, Rhino and James Storm. Not nearly as bad as they said it would be, but I'll, don't be surprised uh, in March of 2009 if we see uh, Elevation X come back. Samoa Joe, Christian Cage, and Kevin Nash over Kurt Angle, Tomko, and AJ in a show among many shows over the last three years where the TNA World Heavyweight title was not defended. Lockdown. All matches take place inside of a steel cage. T- you know Russo re- Russo's going to keep doing it, but if you're running TNA, if you bought TNA tomorrow, would you eliminate the lockdown concept? Uh, you know what? I probably would. I don't like every fucking match in a cage. Or if I, if I kept it, every match in a cage, it wouldn't have a gimmick in every fucking cage. Yeah. There's just no place for that, really. Lockdown should be one particular match. One match in a cage. That's what it should be. Yeah, Move I, on. One guaranteed cage match. Uh, the escape match for the X Division title, Jay Lethal over Sanjay, Sharkboy, Curryman, Creed, and Divine. Uh, Roxy Laveau won the women's match. BG James over Kip James in an absolutely horrible match. 
If you uh, look at all the wrestling websites, they have that match rated in at least in the top ten, if not the top five of worst matches of the year. Cuffed in the cage. This was a horrible concept also. Eric Young and Kaz uh, are the winners because they're the only pair that are not uh, handcuffed to the to the cage. Uh, Black Rain and Relic, LAX, The Guns, Steiner and Williams, and Rock and Rave. That was a stupid concept. That was a Russo-rific concept where there were 10 or 11 uh, <clears throat> sets of handcuffs, and if you handcuffed all your opponents and you were the only ones not handcuffed, you won the match. Uh, Gail Kim and ODB over Awesome Kong or Aisha Saeed, Booker T and Charmel over Robert Roode and Peyton Banks. Lethal Lockdown, Team Cage over Team Tomko. And the World Championship, Kurt Angle loses to Samoa Joe in probably the match of the year in TNA. Uh, everybody... It was supposed to be like a shoot fight. Yeah. Like an MMA type yeah. fight. And that was on the uh, the best of TNA's uh, show here on Spike last week. And, you know, the sad thing is... Check it out has, if you can. Everybody has clamored over the last couple of years to really push Samoa Joe into that World Heavyweight Championship run. He actually got it, and by the time he got it, nobody gave a shit. Yeah. Because it was so overrated, and they turned Samoa Joe, who was this badass guy... Undefeated for two years. would make fucking tap out, would beat your ass, into a whiny bitch. <laughs> That's what Samoa Joe equated in 2008. He yep. was the, the tough, badass guy. He won the title, and he was, in, he was just this whiny bitch. So... <clears throat> You waited too long, TNA. You waited too long. May of 2008, Sacrifice, where the Deuces Wild tag team tournament happened, where guys and girls, in this case, Awesome Kong among them... You know, since uh, Luca was not in the match. <laughs> was, uh, ...was random people put together with Lethal Lottery-esque in TNA, uh, 3D over Sting and James Storm, uh, Rhino and Christian Cage over Booker T and Robert Roode. LAX over Kip James and Matt Morgan. And AJ and Super Eric defeated BG and Awesome Kong. And the Terror Dome match. Frankie Kazarian wins that. Uh, the semifinals, 3D and LAX advance. The knockout makeover match where Gail Kim won the belt and Roxy Laveau, by finishing in second place, had her head shaved. Another Russo-rific style. LAX defeated 3D to win the vacant tag team titles in that Deuces Wild format. And Samoa Joe over Scott Steiner and Kaz, as Kurt Angle didn't compete. But uh, Kaz, Kaz had his opportunity at the world title. Well, he year. did, and they put Kaz in that match because Samoa Joe and Scott Steiner one-on-one -on -one would be horrendous. <laughs> Kurt Angle was suffering from a nagging neck injury that he suffered in Japan yep. in a match with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yep. And uh, I'm sure there's footage of that online. It pretty rough. The guy dropped him practically on his head. And was that the global impact against Yuji no, Nagata? No. Oh, that was a different match. Okay. Different match. Um, but yeah, uh, Kaz, since he won the Terror Dome match, was given a championship match later on in the night. Exactly. And of course, Samoja retained. Uh, X Division, This we go to Slammiversary, the greatest named show in the history of TNA. Hell yeah. I came up with the concept, you jackass. If you don't like it, I'll stick a fish up your ass. Shell, yeah. <laughs> Petey Williams over Kazarian. Uh, Gail Kim, Roxy, and ODB over Angelina Love, Velvet Sky, what? and Moose. The beautiful people. What? <laughs> TNA tags, uh, LAX over 3D. The Open Challenge, Awesome Kong defeated two fans as, as uh, 
random fans got the opportunity to face Awesome Kong throughout the year. Sanjay Dutt inter- interrupts the marriage ceremony of Jay Lethal and SoCal Val, oh, where eventually SoCal Val, long-term, turns on Jay Lethal and joins up with Sanjay Dutt. The absolute worst angles of 2008 was the wedding of Jay Lethal and SoCal Val. Such a blatant ripoff of Elizabeth and the Macho Man Randy Savage. I'm I'm just going to say it was abysmal. I'm not even going. I feel like Simon from American Idol. It was quite possibly the worst thing I have ever seen in my entire (laughs) life. And quite frankly, I wish I could have my eyeballs removed so I couldn't see it again. And (laughs) And Jay Lethal the further proof that that it wasn't executed properly, Jay Lethal doesn't attack uh, Sanjay Dutt at every second there in the same room and, at the same time. And he came out since. of character like ten times during that thing. Yeah. Like one minute he's Jay Lethal, the next minute he's Black Machismo. One minute he's Jay Lethal, he's Black Machismo. Yeah. In the fucking Black Machismo gimmick. Please. Same with Booker T, in and out of the African King kind of gimmick as well. In my country. Shut up, Booker. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut the fuck AJ up. AJ over Angle and the King of the Mountain match. <clears throat> Another Jeff Jackson favorite. Uh, with Kevin Nash as the special enforcer, and he actually helped Samoa Joe to to retain the belt. That's the stupid thing. So Nash helped Joe retain the belt in the King of the Mountain, but then eventually turns on him when he's trying to get the belt back. This would be my favorite match if if to win the match you could actually like have a meat hook. And possibly carry Vince Russo up and oh, stick his ass on the meat hook. <laughs> then King of the Mountain would be worth it to me. Yeah. Move on. Yeah, that was oh Fuck. Jesus Christ. Uh Victory Road, the World Cup World X Cup, Team USA over Team Japan, Team International. Good and Team concept. Mexico. I like those matches. I, yeah. I really think that they work. Gail over Angelina, Sanjay Dutt over Jay Lethal. Fans' revenge match with the uh, the straps, Stupid LAX idea. over Robert Roode. You never put, you never put <laughs> weapons in the hands of fans around ringside. You never know. You're just looking for trouble. Yep. Taylor Wilde premieres. The Canadian Taylor Wilde premieres and defeats Awesome Kong. Ultimate X for the World X Cup Team Mexico earned enough points by winning that match. Uh, Full Metal Mayhem angle in 3D over AJ Christian and Rhino. I, I don't think Christian Cage won a pay-per-view match all year. In TNA, and you and, wonder why he's going to WWE. And the TNA World Title, Samoa Joe and Booker T fought to a no contest. And to to wrap it up here, and then we're going to get out of here and look ahead to uh, to TNA's next pay per view on January 11th. Victory Road is already done, and of course, your favorite name of a pay per view of all time, TNA's Hard Justice. Exactly. August the 10th in Trenton, New Jersey. Uh, PD over Consequences Creed, ODB, Gail Kim, and Taylor Wilde over Angelina, Velvet Sky, and Awesome Kong. TNA Tag Team Match, Beer Money over LAX. As Beer Money becomes a, a team, and they've been profiling them recently on Impact. Black Tie Brawl and Chain Match. Where, Bad. <laughs> where it was a... it was a, You have to strip your opponent's clothes off. Yeah, it was a... It's a homoerotic kind of... Maybe Vince Russo had gay feelings. Yeah, it was, he wanted to see Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt naked. I don't know. Yeah, it was a chain match idea. together with a uh, with a um, tuxedo tuxedo match. You have to strip your tuxedo off yeah, your opponent, but no. you're attached by chain. So Jay Lethal's jacket was hanging along the chain the entire match, and got in the way several times. Uh, Christian and Rhino over 3D. Okay, so Christian did win a pay per view match. 
but I don't think 3D did. Uh, AJ over Angle in the last man standing, very good contest. Uh, you know what? It was a good contest, but I'll say this. Uh, TNA, you got the stupidest fucking shit for gimmicks ever. A last man standing match is, oh, yeah, yeah, goes yeah, yeah, as yeah. follows. You beat someone's ass, and then you count to ten. If they can't get up at the count of ten, you win the match. But in TNA, ladies and gentlemen, you have to pin them one, two, three, and then they have to go through the ten count. Yeah. So basically, you have to get a 13 count, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Even Kurt Angle, later on in the year, in a magazine article, said that he thought it was the stupidest thing he'd ever heard of. Six sides of steel weapons match, uh, Samoa Joe over Booker T. No surrender, Prince Justice Brotherhood over Rock and Rave and Christie. Uh, awesome Kong over ODB. Abyss and Matt Morgan team up defeat to defeat Team 3D. Sheikh Abdul Bashir premieres and defeats Petey Williams and Consequences Creed to win the X Division title. Uh, Taylor Wilde defeats Angelina Love. The Ladder of Love match, where the ultimate turn finally happened. Sanjay over Jay Lethal, where uh, Jay Lethal was about to win the match and uh, and she and he got uh, he got the he got the the ring. <laughs> and then SoCal Val got involved. Exactly. Uh, beer money over LAX. Uh, AJ Styles and Frank Trigg in the MMA bout, which was horrible. Which it I, was just terrible. You know what? I remember watching AJ Styles walk away. He was so pissed off yep. at how the match was. And I remember saying that if AJ Styles stays with that company, this is what he has to look forward to. Yep, that was just a uh, surprisingly to me not in a lot of people's top ten worst matches, but oh, just terrible, terrible, terrible. Bound for Glory, October the 12th, Jay Lethal wins the Steel Asylum match. The Bimbro Brawl, Rhino AODB and Raka Khan over Cute Kip, Angelina Love, and Velvet Sky. X Division, Sheikh Abdul-Bashir over Consequences Creed. Taylor Wilde defeats Ross, uh, Roxy Laveau and Awesome Kong. Monsters Ball with Steve McMichael as the special guest referee. Beer Money over LAX 3D and Matt Morgan in Abyss. And once again, Steve McMichael was on our television screen way too much. Yeah, and it looked like Steve McMichael ate his family. <laughs> and and lost was, all of his hair in a, in, a, in a poker bet. This was the last time you would see Johnny Devine on TNA yeah. as he left right after. Mick Foley, uh, special enforcer as Jeff Jarrett beats Kurt Angle because they had the whole build-up of the shoot comments that Kurt mentioned on, uh, on, his, on that, that interview you were speaking of. Sting over Samoa Joe to win the world title, and surprisingly, yes, Sting still has, to this day, TNA, the TNA World Championship. Turning point, the X Division seeding match, Eric Young becomes the new number one contender. Uh, Taylor Wilde and Roxy over Awesome Kong and Risha Saeed. Non-title, Rhino over Sheikh Abdul-Bashir. TNA World Tag Team titles, Beer Money defeat the Machine Guns. Booker T defeats Christian Cage, and as a result... Christian must join the main event mafia, even though they didn't really want him. False count anywhere. Kurt Angle over Abyss. Crazy match. One of the top five of the year. Kevin Nash over Joe. And Sting over Styles. And of course, what we just saw recently, Final Resolution. Well, hang on. Before we get to Final Resolution, we, we've got to cover this real quick. Of course, uh, the stipulation with Booker T and Christian Cage. He had to join the main event mafia. He shows up and they kick him out. Basically say, you're going back to the WWE, which was yeah. a stupid move. And, obviously, that's where we're going to see Christian next. Yeah. To say the word WWE at any time on the show is just silly to me. It's Bush League. Uh, Kurt, over. Uh, we move over. 
we excuse me, we move on to final resolution. Feaster fired. Homicide, Jay Lethal, Curryman, and Hernandez. Of course, Curryman is now gone. Hernandez <clears throat> has a, his heavyweight, uh, title has heavyweight title shot. Homicide has his ex-title shot. And, of course, Jay Lethal, along with Consequences Creed, recently won the uh, the tag team titles. And now that Curryman's gone, we can possibly see the emergence of either uh, Christopher Daniels or Christopher Daniels will resume the role that Kaz has to vacate right now because he's hurt. Of suicide. After, yeah, after tearing his uh, his bicep, which is another concept we should have talked about, suicide, from the failed Impact TNA video game that sold maybe 400,000 copies and is considered a flop. Midway is pretty much done at this point. There may not be a sequel. So do you continue the suicide character, or should you bring in Christopher Daniels to feud with the front line? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, ODB, Roxy, and Taylor Wilde over Charmel and the Beautiful People. I don't think the Beautiful People won a match all year, but like I said, they still get over. Uh, X Division title, Eric they're Young. They're not that beautiful. Honestly, they're kind of like made-up whore dogs. I mean, I, I really <laughs> hey, think they're both bodies, Canadians. Don't, their bodies don't. are hot, but like in the face, they look like fucking dogs, Well, man. it's funny because that's what I always said about... Um, that's what I always said about Terry Runnels. I said she was beautiful from the neck down, and everybody I everybody I said that in front of them, they're like, "You're a fucking moron! What I what agree. the hell's wrong with you?" I agree with you. <laughs> exactly, and you, I guess you could make the, the no, case you're a for fucking moron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not about Terry Runnels, but about the other part. <laughs> no, I agree with Terry Runnels too. No, but uh, no, like I said, Angelina Love and Vel- I believe Velvet Sky are both Canadian. I know Angelina is for sure, and uh, yeah, I don't know how they're doing it, but they. People hate them no matter what. And I guess they're the 3D of, of the women's division. Knockouts Championship. Uh, well, Eric Young won the tag, uh, won the uh, X-Division title, but of course because the referee, Shane Sewell, getting involved, that got a f- completely fucked up later on. Christie over Awesome Kong by DQ, and now at uh, the next pay-per-view, she's going to have uh, a, a, a rematch for that championship. Beer money over Abyss and Matt Morgan is Abyss is being made out to be a complete and total idiot. Kurt's career on the line. Kurt Angle over Rhino with Mick Foley as this special enforcer, and Sting Booker and Nash. Excuse me, Sting Booker and Nash over and Scott Steiner over AJ Joe and 3D as an eight-man title decided a world championship. Not seen in about eight years as we were talking about before we went on air but uh, still not a great concept and and here's the thing too with the whole front line main event mafia I think that they're going in a a good direction with it however the fact that you had the main event mafia win every match between the two factions to me was absolutely abysmal so yeah You've got to let the good guys win at least yeah. once. Come on. And, and some just some general concepts. We're going to steal this from Shane McKinley of the Pro Wrestling Torch. Shane McKinley, Pro Wrestling Torch, you get all the credit. Uh, line of the year, uh, Vicky Guerrero's excuse me line uh, certainly gets people's attention whenever she says it in the ring, and uh, they boo her instantly. Excuse me. <laughs> We're excuse me. Excuse me. Oh, God. We weren't joking. You you can do an impression of every wrestler on 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 the on the roster. I think. Excuse me. Okay, that's enough. Uh, the worst line of the year, referring to the crowd as the WWE universe. I completely agree with that. That's just a, a really stupid concept. 
as far as I'm concerned. Uh, worst promo of the year. <laughs> this just happened about in November. Brother Ray's. If it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you lose promo, which I said on the on the show when it happened. It's like, yeah, sure, you're gonna lose some matches. As long as we win the war, it doesn't matter if we lose a few battles. We lost. We're we're tag team champions twenty times, but we don't have the belts now, which means we lost them twenty times. That's exactly the opposite of what you're ever supposed to do. Ric Flair never says. I won the six, I won the belts sixteen times, but I never lost the belt sixteen times. Just absolutely asinine promo that that was. That or anything that comes out of Adam Lee's mouth in two thousand eight would, would be the same, pretty much. <laughs> the absurdly bad things WWE did this year, uh, the arm wrestling issue between Great Khali and Triple H was asinine. Vince's million dollar mania. You re- you must have registered your phone your uh, Arkansas phone line about sixteen or. 15 or 20 times, right? I did. My favorite one of the year was Braden Walker. I'm actually Braden Walker, for, yes! I'm, I'm actually waiting for my three-disc set of the time <laughs> he walked down to the ring. The, the best of Braden Walker the, DVD. The time where he had his hands on his, on his uh, side there. That was that was awesome. Yeah. The time he actually wrestled that one match. That was that was pretty good, too. Yeah. Well, it's funny because they were doing these pr- of, uh, uh, these shoots with um, beer money on Impact, and James Storm is even saying that he says that Robert Roode is better than Chris Harris. Uh what they're going to be building to the the fake news report of Jeff Hardy which got to mainstream me, mainstream media which may have led to some speculation that he had committed his uh, step 3 uh, strike 3 and got fired from the company uh <clears throat> Hornswoggle has brain hemorrhaging after JBL attacks him yeah not that great uh Jim Ross had no idea he was going to smackdown on the night of the draft pretty silly uh Carlito beats up a pigeon in the WrestleMania uh, promos. That was pretty dumb. Uh, anything and everything involving Mike Adamly. Uh, <laughs> and Melina and Beth. If it's not Melina versus Beth Phoenix, the, the women's division really isn't worth watching. Uh, sh- <laughs> well, you know what? Don't even don't even do this because I obviously I don't have time for this. <laughs> the Super the, League of Dimwits. I'll there, give I'll give there, McKinley credit for there that. There is so much that I could list. <laughs> I, I, if I had an hour or two, I could tell you everything that TNA did bad this year. Oh, the whole boy. year, two thousand eight, everything TNA did was a bad idea. Okay, let's leave it at that. All right. That this is your year in review That's for TNA. It. We're done. WWE. Uh, it's an it, we're an hour and forty minutes into this, uh, and I'm already done with this shit. All right. So that was 2008. Let's hope that 2009 some changes can be made, and some things. But I'm not can very progress. optimistic. And let's just hope that that TNA gets the bug out of their ass and does something this year. But if you lose your your top guys, you're fucked. Kurt Angle. Yeah. Everybody's speculating in September his contract's up. I gotta say Vince is gonna offer him the money. He's gonna go back. You're All right. Pretty much done without Kurt Angle. Uh, nobody today that we're going to be talking and raving about a year from now. It, who do you think? Who, we're not going to be talking no, about. No. Who's somebody who we haven't really heard of or hasn't really made a huge impact on our lives today that we're going to be raving about a year from now? Kofi Kingston. Matt Bourne. Or not Matt Bourne, Evan Bourne. So Evan Bourne? He's not saying that shit, you <laughs> bastard. He's like, Matt Bourne, Matt Bourne. I'm like, fucking doinks here? What, what the fuck? Uh, Evan Bourne, I think, is, is a guy that when he comes back, he's going to do yeah. well. I'm, I'm going to say Evan Bourne. Yeah, and the 2009 Bam Neely Award, 
who's on the roster now that won't be there a year from now? Kazarni. Kazarni? And... Do, Shouldn't be there after his debut match. Yeah. And does uh, does Jeff Hardy or William Regal commit their strike three this year? Jeff Hardy. He, he does. He gets fired and loses everything. And he becomes the main event guy on TNA. All right. That is Sunday Night Showdown's Year in Review 2008. Please join us uh, January 11th as we do it all again as TNA starts the year off. And, of course, January 25th. Royal Rumble 2009. We're looking forward to that. January 11th, Sunday Night Showdown, where it all begins again. Exactly. We will talk to you then. Thank you very much for listening. With that being said, we're out of here, bitches. And we'll catch you January 11th. Happy fucking New Year. Goodbye.